This is the Empathy Museum. I'm Sam Walsh. On today's show, which is produced as part of our new season on activism, I'm excited to present a story about travelers and vehicle dwellers and the new laws which affect their way of life. People often say the sound of Rockaway is the birds. It's the sound of the birds and the chainsaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It has completely random. Yeah, on one side it's like, well, somebody once said it's like Mad Max meets the good life. Mark Wilson's the founder of Rockaway Park, an old scrapyard and quarry turned arts community in Temple Cloud in the Chew Valley, just south of Bristol. Mark has lived in and worked on vans for most of his life, but after more than a decade successfully working as a scrap man, his business started drying up. Like the internet changed the way all that business was done anyway, and the, the job of the middleman started to disappear. We went bankrupt, and somehow managed to hang on to the place. A friend of mine lent me some money, which I still owe him to this day. Now we've got this amazing, beautiful place in the middle of nowhere. Let's build an artistic community and see if I can make it into this thing that I could see in my head, but nobody else could see, which was sort of what you see now, you know? Rockaway's site is tucked away in the forest, and for the past 10 years, it's been home to an expanding community of artists and vehicle dwellers who are committed to sustainable practices and use recycled or ethically sourced materials wherever they can. So uh, how many people actually live here? So there's something like somewhere between 25 and 30 people at any, any given point live on the site. Uh, so there's lots of workshops. They're all basically arty. Right at the beginning, I decided we weren't going to have any car repairs or anything that I'd spent the rest of my life doing. I just didn't. So, yeah, I've been pretty, like, strict about only people doing interesting, creative things. But then a lot of the people that live here go off and work in creative industries. Almost everyone in Rockaway lives in some form of vehicle, and it's constantly under construction. They already have an indoor music menu. Bit of a mad idea, but this, so this is the stage in here. That's the backstage, which is an old Vic, 1972 Vickers caravan. And they're building an outdoor one. We're building this, these, these poles are 10 meter long poles and there's a big tent construction. It's gonna cover that whole corner and that's gonna be the backdrop of the venue. And this is just something else that has just been in my mind for years and years and years. And now it's actually in reality, starting to look like it's in reality. And you're like, oh fuck, actually. <laughs> so it'll be a big okay. tent. It's a huge tent, yeah, it's 10 metres high. You'd probably be able to get three or 400 people in there, no trouble to, to watch a gig or something. They also have a community garden, a classroom, a cafe, and they even have a church known as the Chapel of Unrest, which is a second-hand concept building Mark bought from an old acquaintance. When it was constructed, the council told him he would have to pay business rates on it because it's an industrial building. So I said, no, it's not an industrial building, it's a church. And it's, well, if, if it's a church, then it only counts as a church in business rates, parlance, if, if you belong to a recognised religion. So I was sort of like, what does that involve? So I googled recognised religion. And one of the first things I came up with was something that said you needed 60,000 people just by doing a, you know, GoFundMe and a good little video. To, and we get 60,000 people to join the church and then we'll make a monument to the now illegal art of protest. 
And, and, and everybody kept saying, oh, yeah, but you could be a Jedi, you could be a Jedi. So I don't want to be a fucking Jedi, though, do I? Do you know? <laughs> I'm not a Jedi. I've never even seen Star Wars. Then my daughter, who's like, um, she said, you want to stop, you know, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be so keen to ridicule religion because you're actually quite a spiritual sort of bloke. And so she lent me a book. But some of the things in there were like needing a place to sing, communally sing, and, and fulfilling the need, um, you know, for people to come together and for people to have places of pilgrimage. And it's like, it's like I think, actually, this church idea isn't at all ridiculous. It's actually sort of, actually starts making quite a bit of sense. The illegal art of protest that Mark alludes to has to do with the new laws in place that affect anyone with alternative ideas about living but especially travellers and vehicle dwellers. On the 28th of April 2022, the Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill became an Act of Parliament. At the time I spoke to Mark, the Act would have made it virtually impossible to legally protest by adding measures such as noise conditions on demonstrations, the creation of locking on as a specific offence, new stop and search powers for the police, and the power to ban individuals from protesting. A few weeks after my conversation with Mark, many of these amendments were rejected, what the Act does criminalise, however, is living in a vehicle on land without permission, with the consequences being £2,500 fines, confiscation of caravans and even imprisonment. And also one of the most concerning things about this new law is it can be applied if it seems that the, that the accused is likely to cause damage or likely to reside in a vehicle so there's a lot it gives a lot of space for speculation and labeling people you could say it's also not very evidence-based as well because how can you get evidence for somebody's intentions before something happened this is Rhiannon Craft a sociologist who conducts ethnographic research at Cardiff University on van dwelling and traveling communities she also lives in her own van in Bristol especially considering quite often these structures are temporary structures that can be moved, it, it does seem like quite unreasonable that it's not easier for people just to live in peace <laughs> and just be left to live how they're living, as long as they're not hurting anyone else, which I'd say most of the time people aren't. Yeah, and just some of the discrimination I've heard in planning meetings as well, it really needs to be called out like calling people pikeys and one person saying about people breeding like rats and derogatory language being used that would not ever be allowed to be used against any other group of people. Rhiannon pointed out that the traveller and gypsy way of life is actually older than a lot of the property laws and instead of site provision or support for health and education these people have been under threat from the government for decades now and we may be reaching a tipping point. Um, like I spoke to one person and they said that they had already hit rock bottom and then they'd finally found a place to feel a bit settled for a bit and then within two days they got evicted. So sometimes the timing of an eviction can be um, just adding to like a, um, a series of traumatic events. Um, one person told me about they had to um, leave a job and run run home because they found out they were getting evicted to, to get all their stuff ready to move it. Especially because quite often there'll be a tactic used by bailiffs to kind of not really be very clear about when they're coming to do an eviction. So that's always uh, quite particularly unsettling for people. Not only are the new laws enabling the oppression of an ethnic group that have contributed to British society for centuries, 
but they're also compounded by another problem, the housing crisis. There was a survey done in Glastonbury and quite interestingly, um, the majority of people asked there, so I think it was 54 out of 80, stated unaffordable housing as one of, one of the reasons why they lived the way that they did. But I think, yeah, it's always important to note that it has always been a form of housing that enables people to live in certain ways that just happen to suit their their circumstances. A, a lot of people will try and get their own land and try and get planning permission, but it's really, really difficult. At one point, over 90% of planning permission applications like that were getting rejected. The average price of a flat in Bristol, according to Rightmove, is £271,000. That means that to buy it, you would need a deposit of at least 27000 and a household income of 54000 The average income in Bristol is around 27000 so the same price as the deposit. And, according to Bristol Fair Renting Campaign in their April 2021 manifesto, rents have risen by more than twice the rate of wages over the last 10 years. This means that more and more people are trying to find alternative ways of living. I spoke to one of these people, a guy who wanted to be referred to as Beanbag. He was living in a caravan on Clifton Downs because he found himself unable to afford rent during the COVID lockdown. Well, because I, yeah, I got evicted during COVID and had nowhere else to go. And I'm living in my van because that was the only place I had. Obviously the house prices are going through the roof. So people being pushed into vans and and caravans wouldn't normally be part of that. You wouldn't believe the reasons why one finds himself in this position. It can be something as pathetic as a hoover. He told me that he'd fallen out with his private landlord because the handyman had swapped out his hoover for a broken one. And that's why he had to move out. This might be a humorous story, but Beanbag is making the point that for someone like him, who finds himself on the periphery of mainstream society, if he has an alternative way of living that's low impact and works for him, what's the harm in it? Especially when their alternative is social housing, which is in high demand and often has much worse conditions than a vehicle. I mean, initially, it was a question of necessity. Uh, and now, it's, it, it's basically a choice. I park the furthest I can from people in a city, so as I don't, so that my my world, my life doesn't disturb anybody or doesn't offend anybody, or you know. And so this is the perfect spot where, if you don't work and you don't want much, you should still be able to live without sacrificing too much of your life. <laughs> People do all sorts of soul-crushing things they'd rather not do for cash and survival, because they have no other meaningful choices, according to the Office for National Statistics. In the UK, half a million more people don't want a job than before the pandemic. And many cite poor mental health as one of the reasons. We're encouraged to accept that buying a house, paying rent, and needing a full-time job is just how things are. It's true that Beanbag doesn't have a job, and you're probably thinking that that's why he doesn't have much. But neither does Mark, and he has built what is essentially an entire village and a creative community to live in it. So why does work have to mean a job? So how did you learn all the skills to to be able to build all of these things? And I watch a lot of grand designs. I watch a lot of things, you know, do a lot of Googling, read a lot of books. 
apart from the fact that I'm a really, really hard-working person, anyone could do this, you know? I, I wouldn't expect anyone to work quite as badly as I do, be quite so driven. But it's not outside the realms of possibility that, that you know, that people could invest their money in doing good things. They don't have to invest it in shit. Yeah, it's staggering, because to, to create solutions like we have here, I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not trying to make a case that we're the best place in the world or anything, but it's not difficult to supply people with warm, comfortable spaces for very little money. The, the value of land, once, you, once it becomes residential, makes it impossible for, for, for people who, who aren't as well off to have anywhere to go it's, and it's just ludicrous because there's tons of land and there's tons and tons of space even in a tiny country like ours it, if you've got to pay X amount of money to make that place livable or warm or whatever it, it's a minor blip in you know it just means you don't have to upgrade your car this year or something it's, it's of absolutely in, infinitesimal importance in the scheme of things you know because you're all driven by these things that are like not in the least bit essential. To me, it's like a mental health issue, isn't it? It's like, why? You've got shitloads of money, you know? <laughs> Do some good with it. Then you'll feel really good. You'll feel much better if you spend your money doing something good. Not everyone wants to live in a vehicle. That's not what Mark is saying. And he owns the land at Rockaway Park on a private mortgage, so the new act doesn't actually affect him. What he is saying is, but not everyone wants to pay rent or a mortgage either. And when those things are becoming increasingly difficult for everyone to afford, maybe we shouldn't be criminalizing a decent alternative. Especially when that alternative encourages creativity and community in a time when mainstream society is more fragmented and more alienated from our physical environment than ever. I've always thought there's not much point in building a bright new tomorrow if you don't invite everybody else into it because it's not going to happen. You know? It, it, that's where the future comes from, isn't it? You want other people to be engaged. I want to empower them. I want them to know that, you know, you're not fucking hopeless. You could actually do this and you could get away with it. And there's a bloke there who'll give you a hand if you want. And it is possible and you can do what you want to do. And, you know, and everybody's trying to tell you that you can't. You know, I'm, I'm there to tell people they can. I think there's also a lot to be learned from our grid communities because I think that we do need to change the way that we're living. I think people on the ground experimenting is actually needed at the moment because we are we are quite concerned it is quite concerning where we're going and I think we do need to stop relying on fossil fuels. So maybe going off grid or trying to be off grid as a way of improving the grid itself overall in the long run. You know, this is Earth, like the moon, like the stars. <laughs> it's ours, you know. This episode was written, produced, edited and mixed by me, Sam Walsh. Thank you to anyone who listened.